Welcome to the weekly message from Rama Family Church. You can view the sermon notes and listen online at rama.org.au forward slash media. So we're on this series called Relentless Thieves and how to beat them. The first, just a really quick review, we, this is our fourth week. The first three, we talked about fear, unforgiveness, and comparing. So Patsy did the first two. You can go online and see the notes and hear it again on how to beat fear, how to beat unforgiveness, and then the week after I did on uh, how to beat comparing. Today we're going to move on and we want to talk about the thief of hastiness. The thief of hastiness. And you know, maybe you never really considered that hastiness could be a thief, but hastiness uh, can be a thief. And, and you'll see it when we look into the Bible, because the Bible will definitely illustrate that uh, and what hastiness can do. All right. So what we want to mainly do today is we want to mainly see that hastiness is an enemy. It will cause issues in our life and we can defeat it. Simply those three things. All right. So here's the first thing, definition. Let's define haste. You know, what is haste? So haste is quickness, hurry, an over-eagerness to act, a response without due deliberation, prayerfulness and forethought, or caution. So that's basically what haste is. When somebody gets hasty, they move quick, uh, they're in a hurry, they act maybe too quickly, uh, they don't pray, they don't have any deliberation about it. That's what haste is. Now, before we look at the negative side of haste, there's actually a positive thing about haste that we can see in the Bible. So let's do that part today first, and let's, we normally look at the negative side first, but today we want to see that there's some things that it's right to be hasty with. So the first thing is like, you know, good job. Uh, it's, it's, it's a good thing when you do the right things with hastiness. So, so 1 Samuel 28 in verse 8, the last portion, this is when hastiness is good. It's for, it says, For I have brought neither my sword nor my weapons with me, because the king's business required haste. So there's just certain things for our king, Jesus, and God. You know, sometimes it requires haste, and when that's the case, it's good. Okay, here's another uh, thing that's good about it. In Psalm 119 and verse 60, it says, I hasten and do not delay to keep your commandments. So when it comes to God's word, the Bible says do not just be a hearer of the word, but also be a doer. So anytime it comes to God's word, the faster we do it, the better. So it means as soon as you walk out of church, you can begin doing the word. You know, uh, faster the better. Okay, then Luke chapter 19 and verse 5, another thing, it's kind of like what we looked at in a different way. But when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, hurry and come down, for I must stay at your house. So he hurried and came down and received him joyfully. You know, when the Lord has need of us and he says, hey, I want you to do this, again, we hurry. And then Acts chapter 10 and verse 19, it says, while Peter was pondering the vision, the spirit said to him, behold, three men are looking for you. Uh, verse 20, rise and go down and accompany them without hesitation, for I have sent them. So when the Holy Spirit or the Lord says something, uh, it's like you see there that they did not hesitate, they did. That's the good side. And that's, you know, there's times when we need to do things when the Lord says, that's good, all right? Now we want to look at the other side because um, there's problems that hastiness can create. And it's good to identify the problems. Do, do, I mean, maybe you never thought, well, 
hastiness can create problems. And when I was growing up, there was like a, and I don't know if they still use it, but they said that even in school, that haste makes waste. Uh, so a lot of us that are older, you probably heard that, but I don't know if they still say it in school for some of you younger ones, or they still make that statement. Haste makes waste. Um, it can cause problems, all right? So with that said, let's look at some of the things and issues that haste can cause. So in Psalm chapter 116 and verse 11, it said, I said in my haste, all men are liars. So here you see haste and being hasty, it can cause us to say wrong words. You speak too quickly. Uh, Proverbs 29 and verse 20, it says, do you see a man who was hasty in his words? There is more hope for a fool than him. So somebody that uh, doesn't get hastiness under control in their life and just says whatever they think. Now, in the Christian world, it's not a cool thing to just say whatever you think and speak your mind. But like, I wasn't a Christian my whole life. And we had this little saying that I'm gonna give you a piece of my mind. And we thought the faster and the tough and the, the faster and the harder you can give a piece of your mind, the, bet, the better off you are. I mean, you don't let anybody walk over you, and if anybody messes with you, you respond immediately, and you put them in their place and give them a piece of your mind. And that was just common before I became a Christian. But then you become a Christian, and you start reading the Bible, and sometimes it's just better to not say anything. Even though, and, and, and the Bible even has a scripture that says, a gentle answer turns away wrath. So in, in the world, you think the tougher person and whoever can respond the toughest and put somebody in their place, that's the way to do it. But actually, there's a scripture that says a gentle answer turns away wrath. So if we can control anger and be gentle, we can actually keep things calm. And, uh, and so it's good to get that under control. And then Proverbs 18 and verse 13, it says, if one gives an answer before he hears, it is folly and shame. How many of you guys ever were talking, and, and we have this happen with our marriage, and I'm sure you guys, you that are married, and maybe even those that are dating, or even with friends, when you're talking between friends, but Patsy will start saying something, and I think I know where she's going, so I interrupt her to finish the sentence, and she goes, I wasn't going to say that. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? You know, and so we have made a thing with our marriage saying, let's work on that and try to eliminate it. And of course, we've gone down very smaller, a much smaller percentage <laughs> than what it used to be. Hey, you, know, you know, these are all things you, you identify them and then you start working on them and nobody's perfect, but we've made a lot of progress with that. So what we try to do is when she starts talking, I don't want to assume I know where she's going, let her finish. And, and vice versa, okay? And so uh, then, then uh, so with, let's look at another thing with relationships. Um, Proverbs chapter 25 and verse 8, it says, Do not hastily bring into court, for what will you do in the end when your neighbor puts you to shame? So even with relationships, when you overreact and get hasty and you put a judgment on somebody, in the end, if you act too quickly, the shame can come back on you. So being hasty can mess up relationships, okay? Then here's an important one, direction, like uh, our direction in the Lord even. Proverbs 19 and verse 2, it says, <clears throat> Desire without knowledge is not good, 
and whoever makes haste with his feet misses his way. So sometimes we can get a lot of desires, but we don't have any knowledge that's mixed with those desires. And then as a result, we make some hasty moves, and it says, you miss your, you miss your way. And, and so sometimes uh, with direction, it's really good to prove things out, especially with big things. And, and I know uh, even with ourselves, like we've lived on four continents, and um, uh, and in each one of those moves, when you move a continent, you know, that's a big thing. Uh, so it seems like f- for those big moves, the first time that it came into our heart until the time we moved usually was around two years before we made that move. Uh, and, and so like anything like that, if it's really God, he won't stop t- talking to you about it. If God wants something, he won't stop talking to you about it. And we heard that with Lucky and Belly, he came... God won't stop talking to me about it. He's going to have to do that, you know. So it's good when it happens that way because, you know, if God doesn't give up on it and doesn't stop talking to you about it, it's really a good way to know it's God instead of making a fast, hasty decision and then missing your way, okay? Okay, then even with money, Proverbs 21 and verse 5, it says, The plans of the diligent lead surely to abundance, but everyone who is hasty comes only to poverty. Now, this is uh, something that happened to myself, and while well, we were married at the time, Patsy and I just got married, and we, by wonderful, had $5,000 that we, you know, my brother called from Ohio. We're living in Oklahoma, and, um, and he, my brother's a pretty solid guy, and so he told us about this investment where people, he was invested, my father invested you know, people investing money and that you can double and make triple really quick. You know, does anybody, have, you know, those Ponzi schemes or whatever they call them. So, but it, because it was my brother and we had $5,000, we thought, well, if, if we lose that, I guess we can do without it. So we sent $5,000 from Oklahoma to Ohio for him to invest and we never saw that again. But not only that, we acted hastily. We didn't check the guy out. So then my brother told me one Sunday when they dismissed church, he's a pastor, and this guy was, this was spreading throughout his church, you know, and um, this guy walked out of church, and the police were surrounding the church, and they put him in handcuffs and took him away. Amen. (laughs) You know, but we acted hasty and lost $5,000. My father put retirement money in. But by the grace of God, we all got, we, somehow my father was restored. He's retired. Everything's paid off. No financial problems. My brothers, everything got restored. God is so good. But we made a hasty move, and it could have, it, it, it could have been worse. So just not making hasty moves with money. Then look at Luke chapter 14 and verse 28. Hastiness can cause us not to finish. So Luke 14 and 28, uh, it says, for, for which of you desiring to build a tower does not first sit down and count the cost, whether he has enough to complete it? Otherwise, when he has laid a foundation and is not able to finish, all who see it begin to mock him saying, this man began to build and was not able to finish. And so you see when you're moving fast and you want to start a project, but you never really sit down and, you know, put some planning into the project, the end result by moving hasty is you don't finish the, pro- the project. So you can see these are just various things that being hasty can do, how they can affect our lives. Now, that one thing that we did when we first got married, that was back in 1989. 
when we sent $5,000. So you can see that that's the first and last time I ever made that mistake. It only takes one time to make a mistake like that. Then look at this one, public embarrassment when you're hasty. Proverbs chapter 14 and verse 29, it says, whoever is slow to anger has great understanding, but he who has a hasty temper exalts folly. Okay, so what, what is that saying? If you have a temper, it's going to probably show up publicly. So we, we have a, an Irish friend, and uh, he's in ministry, not in this country, but he told us, he said, you know, my Irish temper got the best of me. And of course, you know, we all, it do, you don't have to be Irish to have a temper. All the different ethnic groups can have a temper, but he would call it his Irish temper. And he exploded on his staff, you know, and lost his temper. And he told us, he said, boy, that really messed a lot of things up. And so, you know, it's really good to, you know, and it, it messed it up to, you know, sometimes those things are hard to recover when you do some things like that. So it's really good to get the temper under control. And we're going to talk about that a little bit later and not to be hasty and lose your temper. And because when it's out of control, it can happen in a public place and it can do damage to other people and to yourself. And then here's another one, Proverbs 25 and verse 28, it says, a man without self-control is like a city broken into and left without walls. Now, here's a, a side thought about that. You know, God is the original one. If you look at the Bible, it says that he has, he has put, he has ordained nations and he has also put boundaries in place. So, you know, God, in case you don't know it, he's the one that has ordained nations. He's the one that has put boundaries in place. God is for nations, and he's for protecting nations, and he's also for protecting cities. And you see that there with cities and walls. So that's just a side thought. But what you really want to notice there is if you don't have self-control, it's like the walls coming down, and it's like having no protection so it's really good to get haste and hastiness under control because it's an enemy that will cause us to be without protection. Uh, so these are just the things that we, that's all we're going to look at. But you can see now, would you guys agree with me that we're looking at enemies like relentless enemies and we need to find out how to beat those things because our lives will be better off. So do you think we looked at enough scriptures to show us that hastiness is an enemy? Okay. All right, so let's first of all start now uh, and talk about how to beat hastiness, all right? So the, the first thing we want to do is we talk, talk about how to beat hastiness because it, it needs to get put in its place and it needs to be defeated in our lives. So we're going to talk about real quickly five things that will help us to beat it and defeat it, okay? So here's the first thing, and the first thing we want to talk about is like it's really good to find the triggers, like, you know, identify the triggers of hastiness. You know, what triggers it? And so I'm, we're going to look at 10, but I can tell you there's more than 10, but there had to be a time limit for the message. I know you guys would like me to speak all day, and you probably would like to just bring lunch in and just finish church at maybe 3 or 4 in the afternoon. But, you know... I thought, well, I don't really know if I, I, it's too long to speak. So I know you want that, but we're not going to do that. Okay. Okay. Just being cheeky there, huh? Okay. So like, we're going to look at just 10 things that can trigger it. So let's look at the first five up there. And here's the first one, like offense. 
offense. You know, offense can cause people to be hasty. Uh, if you allow yourself to be offended, it can cause you to make wrong decisions. And, um, it, and I took it out of my vocabulary. Now, if you're a Christian, and especially if you've been a Christian for a long time, you shouldn't say that you offend me. You offended me. They offended me. That shouldn't be invoked, really. And why is that? Because Jesus, everyone say Jesus. Say this, Jesus said to take no offense. So if you guys really respect Jesus and you're a Christian, then why would you say I'm offended when Jesus said not to? Don't take offense. So we decided, and I never heard my wife ever say, we've been married now for how long? No. <laughs> just joke, just playing around. <laughs> but since 1989, we've been married. We got married in 1989. And so I have never heard my wife say she's offended since I married her, you know? And one thing I don't really ever, like, like it'd be a cold day down there, you know, you know what's down, before I hear my wife talking about somebody. She just doesn't murmur. She doesn't talk bad about people. And, you know, you can always know that my wife's not talking behind anyone's back, you know. And, uh, and I haven't heard her say she's offended since 1989. Uh, and I, I made a decision when we got married to, to take that out of my vocabulary. When you allow that in your vocabulary and start saying, I'm offended and this offends me, you are setting yourself up to make wrong decisions, okay? So I won't spend that much time on every single one of these triggers, but uh, that is one and then jealousy um, if you jealousy or envy those two things if you allow jealousy or envy to come in you'll you'll make decisions ambition like that's a big one so like when you are ambitious you can make you can become hasty because of ambition okay uh, competitiveness competitive people can actually act hastily because they're wanting to compete so there's, those are five, and let's, let's look at another five. So there's greed, like greed. So that thing that we did with money, where you know, we wanted to double it and triple it real fast, and we, you know, back in 1989, sending $5,000 without doing any kind of research, just taking my brother's word for it, and losing $5,000. Because why double, 10,000, triple, 15,000, whatever? We wanted it to happen real fast, and it doesn't always happen that way, so that we, we acted hastily and we lost money. And then there's anger. And I remember many years ago, uh, I was in a church in Florida, uh, teaching in a church, and there was a young guy and his wife that had just got out, they just got out of Bible school, and he talked about how they had a major fight, and he was really angry, so he ran outside, jumped in his car, pulled out, and then went down the road driving angrily, and he said he got in a car accident. So, he, you know, he, he got angry and acted hastily and got in a car accident. Thank the Lord he didn't get hurt. He was alive to tell the story, but just... Uh, Anger can trigger hastiness, okay? Fear. And so we had fear and unforgiveness. Those were enemies, that, uh, and Passy did those. You can go online and look at the notes and, talk, and see how to conquer fear or unforgiveness. And then um, here's a, a one, an unusual one, but trying to fulfill a prophecy. Okay, so if anybody ever gives you a word and g gives you a word, and then you try to make that word come to pass, you can actually act hastily. 
So anytime, and I haven't got many words, you know, uh, if you learn the Bible and see who you are and then learn how to be led by the Spirit, it's possible that God doesn't give you as many words because I haven't had many words, but I also set out to know the Word and I also set out to learn how to be led by the Spirit. So as a result, I've only had, I don't know, five words in in 30-something years, maybe five to 10 words, you know? But anytime I got one of those words, I made sure that I just didn't go try to make it come to pass. You know, so if you've ever gotten a word, you can't make it come to pass. You have to let the Lord do that. So you can act, act hastily if you try to make it come to pass, okay? So those are just some triggers that can cause you to be hasty. Now, getting ready to switch gears here and go to another one. You know, if you, if you plant seeds and then you want to see them come up real quickly and break the ground and sprout, but you get impatient, and so you take them out, and then you put them in some dirt over here, and then you do the same thing, and then you put them some dirt over here, and you do the same thing. And what, what happens is you keep pulling up the seed, and it never breaks, never comes up, and it never sprouts. So with that in mind, we're talking about how now can we defeat Hastiness. Well, you want to recognize the triggers, but the second thing you want to do is you want to plant. We want to plant ourselves. Now, there's two areas that we can be planted in. There's more. We can say there's more, but let's just talk about two important areas to be planted in. So if you want to defeat hastiness, you can plant yourself in right beliefs. That's the first, like right beliefs. You know, and what do I mean by that? Planting yourself with right beliefs. Well, you see the scripture there, it says he is a double-minded man, unstable in all of his ways. Anybody that is double-minded that can't make up their decision is unstable. And you will act in haste and you will, you know, uh, you will jump over here and do this and jump over there and do that, et cetera, et cetera. So, you know, one way to defeat hastiness is understand it's good to be planted. The first thing you want to get planted in is beliefs. So how can we say that? Well, I like to tell this story. There was a, a sick person, a man dying in the hospital, in a hospital bed, dying sickness. And this guy thought the more the better. And sometimes we think the more the better. So he had... That's back in the day when you had cassette tapes. You know, now they have CDs and D, but this is back in the day when they had the cassette tapes. He had a variety of all these different uh, ministers that were talking about how to get healed. So he thought the more variety that I have, the better. And so this one minister felt like the Lord said to him, take him, your teaching, this teaching on healing, and tell him only to listen to one thing because he's listening to, there's too many different ways. In other words, if you ever went to a Benny Hen meeting, he, his specialty is you worship the Lord for a while and you worship the Lord till the presence of God comes in. And then in that place, he'll have a word of knowledge and he'll call some people out in various things. At least that's, I haven't been to one for a long time. At least that's what I uh, remember. But then if you were to go to a meeting where Kenneth Hagin was ministering, he would teach on the tangible anointing. He would teach you how to release your faith to receive from the, and he would lay hands on people totally different, not necessarily calling anybody out with a word, just having a healing line and teaching people how to receive. Well, just like those two were so different, there's a variety of ways you can be healed. So this, this um, minister went to the hospital and said, the Lord told me, to get, for you to get rid of all those and listen to this one thing. 
It happened to be him, and he said it was difficult to promote himself like that, but he did. To make a long story short, the guy got focused. He got planted in one way and planted in just one. In the, he walked out of the hospital healed instead of dying. And sometimes we think more is better, but it's not always the case. It's better to get like, on, on, you know, one way, you know, a certain set of truths because there's so many different truths. And if you try to get all those different truths, you know, sometimes like Jesus said to Peter, come. And Peter walked on the water, one word, one word, and he did the supernatural. Sometimes we try to do like learn the whole Bible to receive one thing. And sometimes you just need to hear a, a word from God, a fresh word in your spirit. You can do the supernatural. Okay. Okay. So um, we want to be planted in the right belief. So this came into my heart, this uh, believing the right things about God, his word, yourself, other people, or a situation will beat hastiness. So when you think about that, you got to believe the right thing about God. You know, is in your, do you think God is good or bad? The Bible says, Jesus said, the thief comes to kill, steal, and destroy, and I came to give life and life more abundantly. So first, settle that. God is good. The devil's bad. Jesus wants to heal. The devil wants to make you sick. Settle. What do you believe about God? You know, and you get planted in the right belief. God's not going to change his mind. He's not going to be happy one day and upset with you the next. He's not going to say, well, I, you know, I, I'm not really happy, so I'm going to teach you a lesson with sickness and disease. No. What's the Bible say? God never changes. If Jesus took stripes on his back for our healing, God's not going to change. You get planted in the right belief. It brings stability. Okay? And, so you, and then you want his word. You want to be planted and have the right beliefs yourself. What does God say about you? Somebody can call you an idiot. And somebody can say you're worthless. But if you know what God says about you, if you know what the Bible says about you, you can say, I don't really care what you think. about, And I'm not even offended. You can't offend me. You might call me an idiot, but I'm, it's not because I know what God says about me. I am stable and I know what God says about me and I will not take offense. You can call me anything you want. And you don't even have to say that. I mean, that's what I would be thinking. Because if I said all that, then I would start an argument. It's like, you don't need to say all of that. You, you, you know, you call me an idiot, fine. I'll still love you because I got love in me. Okay? So all of that. This is like, so you got, you got to get, you know, planted. Okay? And, uh, and that's how you can beat hastiness. Okay, the second thing you want to be planted in is, and, and sometimes it's challenging for pastors to say this, but... Nonetheless, I've seen it work for me, and that's planted in a local church. It's been really good for us. Now, I can tell you that since I got saved, I went my first church in my hometown. I was there, and then the Lord said, move to Oklahoma. I was in Ohio, and I went to Oklahoma. And I, I was in two churches only for one reason in Oklahoma. When I first went there, the, the, the ministry I was serving only had a Bible school. They didn't have a church. As soon as they started a church, I felt like I should be with them, and I stayed there until we went on the mission field. And then when we were on the mission field, we were in Sicily two years. We were in one place. We did a Bible school, but we were in the same church for two years. Then we went up to Rome, and we were in the same church for four years in Rome. We never even wondered if there was anything else out there, always curious, thinking, are we missing this, are we missing that? Then we went up to Verona for three years, and we were in the same place there for three years, doing Bible schools and all those places, and we weren't pastoring. 
Then we came here. No, we went to Singapore, and we were in the same church for four years in Singapore as we did a Bible school. Then we came here until the Lord said, Pastor. We were in the same church until the Lord said, Pastor. And we never wondered, are we missing something? We just got planted. And, and so, you know, it's not easy to say that as a pastor, but if you're always thinking I'm missing something, and I, well, you, you, if you don't plant somewhere, there's nowhere to grow up into what God has for you. So being planted in the church is good. So here's the scripture, uh, the end part. It says, whoever believes will not act hastily. And so um, for myself, now I could have left when we were in Tulsa. I, I told this story, uh, and I'll tell it one more time, that um, we, went, we were asked to go on a missions trip um, when we first got married in 1989. So we went to Peru. And it was a great thing. We were on the Amazon River. We ministered there. We actually went up into a village. We had to climb up a side of a mountain with electric generators, and we had a stage. And the Peruvians, they carried all the heavy stuff up. They had bare feet. It was amazing. And they were climbing up rocks with bare feet with all this heavy stuff. And we were like the wimps that uh, we couldn't hardly carry anything up the mountain. And we're all tall and big, and they're like short and strong. You know, it was amazing. But we got up there. We set up the stage, had the electricity. They turned on the lights. And if you go to a village that has no lights or electricity, and you turn lights on at night, everyone will come out to see what's going on. So the entire village came out and stood in front of our stage, we sang some songs, and then the leader, I wasn't the leader of that mission trip, I was a helper, he said he wanted me to minister, he said preached. So I actually preached my story and my testimony on uh, how I got saved, and then I gave an altar call, and the entire village got saved. They all raised their hand, they all wanted to get saved. So it was a, obviously a high point to see the whole village get saved in, uh, in the, near the Amazon River. So we went back to our, you know, church, and on Sunday night, the pastor said, I would like you to testify. Everyone has a minute or two to tell what happened. So I got up and I told my story. I said, I told what I just told you. And after I told it, the pastor goes, well, that's good, Tony, but that's the, that'll probably be the first and last time that ever happens with you, because that's not what you're called to do. And I thought, wow, he said that in front of like a thousand or so people. And of course, that's a little embarrassing, but here's what I want to say. At that moment, I could have got offended, and I could have thought, oh, I, who do you think you are to tell me what I'm called to do? And I just had that kind of results, and now you're telling me that, and I, I'm going to show you, and I could have got offended and unplanted myself to go prove to him that I'm more than what he thinks I am, but I didn't give in to that. I stayed planted. That was in 1989 when the Lord released us to do something after there, it was in 1993. Was it 93? Yeah. So, no, it was 91 for me, 93 for you. So that was, uh, I don't know how many, but that was when the Lord released it. And I never had a different thought about that pastor. I thought he's got a lot on his plate and he, he's not going to be able to know the will of God for everyone. I'm responsible to follow God and what he said is not going to bother me. You see what I'm trying to say there? You, you can't let things like that unplant you and cause you to make any kind of wrong move. So here's a statement. Choosing to plant ourselves regardless of the challenges or possible offenses will beat hastiness. And it's a choice. You just choose. I'm not going to be offended no matter what challenge, no matter how it seems. I'm not going to let myself be offended. Okay? Here's the third thing that will help us beat hastiness, and that's fruit power. Fruit power. Okay? So isn't that a, a wonderful thing there if you like fruits? 
And for you Kiwis, you see the Kiwi there? No. Uh, but <clears throat> so what are we talking about fruit power? What is that? Well, here's a way to explain it. James chapter 1 and verse 19, it says, Know this, my beloved brothers, let every person be quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger, for the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. All right, so what is that really saying there? It's the saying that like we are able to control ourselves, not because of how good we are, not because of our own strength, but because we, got the fr- we have the fruit of the Spirit on the inside. So in, because we have the fruit of the Spirit on the inside, what are some of the fruits? Well, there's gentleness, there's kindness, but then there's relevant things like long-suffering, there's patience. So like one of the fruits, if you, got, if you have patience on the inside, you actually are empowered not to speak too quickly if you have that on the inside. We have every single thing that our flesh will try to do, or even like your mind, like your unrenewed mind where your mind isn't in line with what God says. If your mind isn't, does, if you don't know the word of God and don't, does, you don't know what God says about something, you know, your mind or your flesh, whatever it tries to make you do, there is a gift, there is a, I'm not a gift, there is a fruit of the spirit that counteracts each one of those. So if you have anger, you have gentleness. The fruit of the spirit, gentleness is working in you. If you have hastiness, you got patience. Patience will beat hastiness. If you're rough and tough, you know, like you're rough around the edges, there's gentleness. You know, gentleness is one of the fruits of the spirit. So maybe you were rough before you knew the Lord, but the Lord would like you to be gentle, you know, etc. So fruit power, you want to beat hastiness, we have the fruits of the Spirit that can help us to do that. Okay, it's not superior. And superior, you know, education is a blessing, but the fruit of the Spirit is supernatural. So you can educate yourself, but the fruit of the Spirit is supernatural. All right, and then uh, we're, we're just about done for today. So, like, let's look at, talk about another, like, this fourth thing, patience. We already said something about it in endurance. But look, look at the Scriptures here. It says, so that you may not be sluggish, but imitators of those who, through faith and patience, inherit the promises. So thank God for faith, but you also need patience at times to inherit things, the promises. And then look at this scripture, Hebrews 10 and verse 35. It says, therefore, do not throw away your confidence, which has great reward, for you have need of endurance, so that after you have done the will of God, you may receive what has been promised. So notice there that it says that after you have done the will of God, you might receive. And what is that talking about? Well, you may, maybe you hear that by his stripes, I'm healed. The Bible says that Jesus took stripes, and by his stripes, I can be physically healed. So you, you think, okay, I'm going to take that, and I'm going to declare by his stripes, but I'm healed. But you're not healed then, and the next day, you're not healed. So what do you do? Okay, it didn't happen immediately, but you heard the will of God. You acted on it but you didn't have a result. Well, what that's telling us is, okay, so after you have done the will of God, you have need of endurance. In other words, you get planted in a truth, you get planted anywhere, and you decide now, I will be patient. So if the Bible says, by his stripes I'm healed, I'm going to say what the Bible says. So even though I haven't received my healing yet, I'm going to continue to believe by his stripes I'm healed, and you don't back off of it. In other words, after you have done the will of God, you have need of endurance. Uh, Don't throw away your confidence. Your confidence and all that, it will pay off. Is that making sense?
Okay, then lastly today, this fifth thing and, and, uh, that we want to see is simply this. And, you, you know, you can't go wrong when you pray. So here is a prayer in Colossians chapter 1 and verse 10. And it says, uh, it says so as to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord. So if you want to walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing him. And then look at it. It says bearing fruit. Everyone wants to bear fruit that's a Christian. Uh, unto every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God so that we all want that. But then look what it says in verse 11, being strengthened with all power, that's God's power, according to his glorious might for all endurance and patience with joy. So you know there's a scripture that says God is the God of all patience. In other words, the creator of the universe, supernatural being, spirit being, he's the God of all patience. So the God that created the universe decided to come in us by his spirit, which means we have the fruit of patience, so we can actually pray. We can pray for other people. I can pray for somebody. I can pray for the congregation. I can, I can lift up our congregation, and I can say, Father, thank you for strengthening everyone in our congregation with your power. I thank you, Father God, and I pray for everyone in our congregation that they would have your might, your power, and I thank you, Father, that that would cause them to be able to endure and have patience, and then it says even with joy. So you can actually pray that for yourself and you can pray it for other people, but God is in our lives and he wants to empower us supernaturally with joy to have patience. So whatever dream or whatever promise or whatever thing that anyone sees or thinks about themselves, if it doesn't happen the next day, if it doesn't happen after weeks, if it doesn't happen after months, I have had a couple words given to me and they still haven't come to pass. Haven't had a lot of words, but a couple of them haven't come to pass yet. So I'm not troubled by it. I'm going to just keep serving God, you know, and I'm patient. And if those words come to pass, they were truly of God. If they don't, I'm not, I haven't lost any sleep over it. Just the main thing is I need to make sure I'm obeying God and I'm praying and staying plugged in. Does that make sense? So th these are the different, like hastiness is an enemy. And today we saw that what it can do. And then we saw at least five different things we can do to put it in its place and beat it. Father, thank you so much for everyone that's here today, Lord. And I thank you, Lord, for your word. And I trust, Father, that your word makes a difference in people's lives today, Lord. I thank you that it will make a noticeable difference with people that have been hasty in areas, Lord. And I thank you that you just take these words and you just really burn them into people's hearts, Lord. That even, Father, when, if somebody would make a mistake uh, along the lines of hastiness, Lord, first thing is, Father, that your love is perfect and they, they wouldn't feel guilt or condemnation for their mistake. The second thing, Father, that you bring things back to their remembrance and they identify the trigger, Lord. I pray that they would identify the trigger. They would know why they did it. They would easily receive forgiveness because you're not mad and not putting guilt on people. And then they would know how to do it the next time, Father. So I thank you for it based on the things that we saw in your word today, Lord, in Jesus' name. Thanks for listening. We're always encouraged to hear how God is using this ministry to change lives. If you have a story you would like to share about how God is working in your life, please let us know and send us an email at church at If you would like more information or resources on this or other topics, please visit our website at rhema.org.au.